The Torah discusses one of the very severe forms of Tumah, and that is the Tumah of a Zov and a Zova. This is when certain substances exit from their body, and when that occurs, that is known as a Re'ir, a sighting of that substance which exits the body. And the halach is that if a man has a Re'ir, again that means that certain substances exit his body which makes him Tomei, so he becomes a Zov, and he needs to go to the Mikveh even on that same day in order to purify himself. And then he needs to wait until that night, at which point he becomes Tahar once again. Now if the Zov has a second Re'ir, either on the same day, or on the day after that, then he actually becomes Tomei for seven days. This is the case where he's actually really considered to be a real Zov. So he is Tomei for seven days with a severe level of Tumah, and on the seventh day he needs to go to the Mikvah, and that night he will become Tahar once again. Now if the Zov has a third Re'ir, and again the latest that can be is the day after the previous Re'ir, so then as well as becoming Tomei for the next seven days, and going to the Mikvah on the seventh day, he also needs to bring a Korban on the eighth day, before being able to eat Korbanis. So after going to the Mikvah on the seventh day, he's already considered Tahar, when it comes to most Halachas, for example, he would be able to eat Truma once again, which is the special food which only Karnim can eat, and it can only be eaten in a state of purity. But in order to be able to eat Korbanis once again, he would need to bring a Korban on the eighth day. So those are the details which apply to a Zov. When it comes to a Zova, a woman where substances exit her body and she becomes Tomei as a result of that. So if she has one Re'ir, then she needs to go to the Mikveh, but not on that same day like a man would, but she needs to wait until the next day, and then go to the Mikveh on that day, and that night she will become Tahar once again. She's known as a Shemeris Yom Keneged Yom, which means that if she has no Re'ir on the next day, then that sort of solves the previous day, and she will become Tahar once again. Now, if on that next day, she has another Re'ir, whether it be before she goes to the Mikveh or after she goes to the Mikveh, so then the Halacha is that she actually needs to wait again till the next day, go to the Mikveh the next day, and as long as she has no Re'ir on that third day, then she will become Tahar once the night begins. And of course, she needs to go to the Mikveh on that third day as well. However, if she did have another Re'ir on the third day, then she becomes a Zavagadayla, which means that she has a very severe level of Tumah, in which she is also Tommy for seven days, and then needs to go to the mikveh on the seventh day, and bring a korban on the eighth day. And if she becomes Tomei once, if she has another Re'ir during these seven days, then she'd have to start the seven days again. Be as it may, these are the general details for a Zov and a Zova. And the Mishnah tells us that Zov Shirosh Re'ir If a Zov had two Re'ir, so that means he's Tomei for seven days, but he does not need to bring a korban on the eighth day. Says the Mishnah, They can slaughter a korban Pesach on his behalf if Erev Pesach is his seventh day, as long as he's been to the mikveh already, and he's just waiting for the night. So he's already completed his purification process, and now he just needs to wait until nightfall to become really Tahar once again. But since when it comes to the night of Pesach, he will be able to eat the Karm Pesach, they can already slaughter the Karm Pesach for him on his seventh day. Ra'ashalosh, if he's had three Re'ayis, so that means he also needs to bring a carbon on the eighth day. So in this case, if the seventh day falls on Erev Pesach, that's not good enough, because when it comes to the night, when he'll need to eat the Karban Pesach, he won't be able to eat it yet, because he can only eat Karbanos after he has brought his Karban, which he's bringing on the eighth day, and therefore, they would only be able to slaughter the Karban Pesach for him if Erev Pesach fell on the eighth day, which was the day he was going to bring the Karban, because then by the time the night came, he would be able to eat Karbanos once again, and be able to eat the Karban Pesach. Alright, now when it comes to a Zavva, a woman, Shemeris Yom Kenegad if she is guarding one day corresponding to the previous day, meaning if she had one Re'ir, 
and then she will become tahar only if the next day she has no ru'iyah and that she goes to the mikveh the next day of course so they can slaughter a current Pesach on her behalf on her second day meaning on that day that she goes to the mikveh since she will be able to eat the current Pesach that night however if she had two ru'iyahs one day after the other and so her halacha is that she needs to go to the mikveh the next day and she will become tahar that night as long as she has no ru'iyah on that third day. So in that case, they can slaughter her on Pesach on her behalf on her third day because that night when it comes to Pesach, she will be able to eat korbanos once again. The Hazava, but when it comes to Zava Gedela, who had a ru'iyah for three days one after the other, so she now needs to, she's Tommy for seven days and she needs to bring a korban on the eighth day before being able to eat korbanos once again. And therefore, they can only slaughter the Korban Pesach on her behalf if Erev Pesach falls on her eighth day, since only that night will she be able to eat Korbanus once again. Mishnah the Mishnah lists a few different people for whom there is a risk that when it comes to the night of Pesach, even though right now on Erev Pesach, when the Korban Pesach is slaughtered, they are fit for eating the Korban Pesach, there is a concern when it comes to the night, they won't actually be able to eat the Korban Pesach. So the halacha is that since right now they are fit for eating it, and there's a good chance that even when it comes to the night of Pesach, they will still be fit for eating it, so they can be part of a group and a Korban Pesach can be slaughtered on their behalf. However, because of the concern, they cannot be part of their own group. Only if they are part of a larger group with other people who do not have the same problem, only then can the Korban Pesach be slaughtered on their behalf. So the first example is Ha'oinein, which refers to somebody whose close relative passed away, and the halacha is that until that person has been buried, the relative is known as an oinein, he has certain halachas, he's exempt from most mitzvahs, and also he is forbidden to eat karbanais. Now, with the one is considered to be an oinein for a maximum period of the rest of the day. But as soon as that night begins, with the you are no longer known as an oinein and you are permitted to eat karbanais. However, with in general, even that night, the oinein is forbidden to eat karbanais. However, when it comes to Pesach, if, let's say, one's relative died on Erev Pesach, so with Jabonon, he would generally be considered to be an Oinein even that night. However, in this case, where one is going to be liable to Kores, the severe punishment of Kores, if he does not eat the Korban Pesach, so the Rabbonon did not apply their decree in this case, and so they would be able to eat the Korban Pesach that night. So this is an example of somebody who right now is considered to be somebody who is forbidden to eat the Korban Pesach, but that night he will be, for- he will be permitted. Now we're concerned that in the process of burying the relative, or sorting out the burial, the Onin might become Tome from the dead body, in which case he will not be able to eat the Korban Pesach that night. So because of that risk, he cannot be part of his own group, rather he needs to be part of a larger group. Second example, Lam Fakech Zagal, one who is clearing away a pile of rubble from a building which fell down. So he's clearing it away to look for somebody, if somebody's missing and they think that he's under the rubble. So again, there's a risk of it here that they will find that he is dead. And if they find that he is dead, then that means that the people who cleared away the rubble will have become Tomei from the dead person. Third example, The same applies to somebody who was in prison, and they promised him that they will release him from prison before Pesach begins. Now, if the prison was within Yerushalayim, then there would be no problem at all. You could even slaughter a Pesach for his behalf by himself. Because either way, even if he ends up staying in prison, the prison is within Yerushalayim, so somebody can bring in the Korban Pesach, and he will be able to eat it. As well as this, if the prison is run by Jews, then if they promise to release him, we 
rely on that promise totally, and we consider it that it will definitely come about, and he'll definitely be released before Pesach, so you would be able to slaughter the Korban Pesach on his behalf alone in that case as well. The Mishnah is referring to a case where the prison is run by non-Jews outside of Yerushalayim. So in that case, we're not sure whether they will keep their promise or not, and so the Korban Pesach cannot be slaughtered for him alone, it has to be part of a larger group. Fourthly, an ill person or an old person, who are able to eat a kazayas of the Korban Pesach. However, there is still a concern that by the time it comes to the night, the ill person or the old person might feel that he is not able to eat the size of an olive. So in all these cases, they can slaughter Korban Pesach on behalf of these people. But in all of these cases, the Korban Pesach cannot be slaughtered for their behalf. Alone, showing your view as a Pesach de Psul, in case that will lead to the Korban Pesach becoming invalid and being left over and becoming Nisar, because there will, be, there will be nobody to eat the Korban Pesach. Now, in a case where it was slaughtered for one of these people, together as with a larger group, so the slaughtering was totally valid, and the whole service of the Korban Pesach was totally valid, even for this person. So, even if it comes out that ultimately he is not able to eat the Korban Pesach, Lefichachim Abraham Psul. Therefore, if it comes out that the invalidation does occur to them, for example, if the Oinein does end up becoming Tomei, they are exempt from bringing another Korban Pesach a month later on Pesach Sheni, since the actual Korban Pesach was considered totally valid. However, there is one exception, except for the person who is clearing away the rubble, searching for the dead or perhaps alive person, because if it emerges that they find him and he was dead, then it comes out that even at the time of the slaughtering of the Korban Pesach, that person is assumed to have been Tomei, because he was walking and searching over the rubble, so he walked pretty much over the entire area of the rubble. And the halacha is that even if you don't touch a dead body, but you are over or under a dead body, even then you become Tomei from it. So in this case, it comes out that he was actually Tomei from the beginning, even at the time of the slaughtering of the Korban Pesach. So the entire slaughtering and service of the Korban Pesach didn't work for him, and so he does not fulfill his obligation, and he will need to bring a Korban a month later on Pesach Sheini. Mishnah Zayin. Now simply, the previous Mishnah is of the opinion that in a general case, for somebody who is a regular person, he's not an Oinein, he is not searching through rubble, a regular person, he would be able to bring a Korban Pesach alone. It's only in these specific cases where one needs to bring it with a larger group. However, this Mishnah tells us that in Shaykhin as a Pesach al-Yachid, Divi Rabbi Yehuda, it is forbidden to slaughter a Korban Pesach for an individual person, not part of a larger group, according to Rabbi Yehuda. The basic reason for this is that it's unlikely that he'll be able to finish the entire Korban Pesach, so it's very probable that it will lead to becoming Nisar, that the Korban will be left over after midnight of, er, of the night of Pesach. However, Rabbi Yaisi Mater, Rabbi Yaisi permits this, and the truth is the Gemara does explain that both Rabbi Huda and Rabbi Yossi learn their laws from Pesukim. Now Rabbi Yossi elaborates on his opinion, and he says that it all depends on whether the Korm Pesach will be finished or not, or whether it can be finished. And so he says that, Even if you have a group of a hundred people, but you know that that each person is not able to eat a size of an olive of the Korm Pesach, in that case, it is forbidden to slaughter the Korban Pesach on their behalf. And the way we're going to understand this is that we're talking about a case where none of the people in that group are able to eat a kazais of the Korban. So if none of them are able to do so, then even if there are 100 people in the group, nevertheless, it will be forbidden to slaughter the Korban Pesach on their behalf. However, when it comes to one person, if that one person thinks that he is able to eat the entire Korban Pesach, 
then he can slaughter it on his own behalf by himself. Ends off the Mishnah, which simply translated means that one is not able to make a group of women, slaves, and children. But the Gemara explains that this is only the case if they're all together. But you would be able to make a group of just women or just slaves, but we're concerned that if you make a group of both women and slaves together, or slaves with children, then we're concerned that it might be a bit inappropriate. But as we explained, you would be able to have a group of only slaves or only women, or a group of women and children. As we explained earlier, an oinein mid oiraisa is only considered to be an oinein and forbidden to eat carbonos for the rest of the day once his relative has died. So even if the relative has not yet been buried, once the night arrives, he is permitted to eat carbonos once again. However, mid rabbonon that night, he is also considered to be an oinein. But as we explained, when it comes to eating the karm pesach, if you don't eat the karm pesach, then one is chay of kores. So the rabbonon did not apply their rabbinic decree in this case, and he would be able to eat the Karim Pesach that night. However, he does need to go to the mikveh, because Midra Bonon, anybody who was forbidden to eat Karbonos until now, before becoming permitted to eat Karbonos, he needs to go to the mikveh. Now, in most cases, when one is forbidden to eat Karbonos, he anyway, Midra needs to go to the mikveh. But in this case, Midra he does not need to. However, Midra Bonon, before becoming permitted to eat Karbonos again, he needs to go to the mikveh. So Nisha tells us that Oinein Toivel Ba'uchlis Pizchilo Erev. An Oinein, somebody whose relative died that day on Erev Pesach, he needs to go to the mikveh and he will be able to eat the Karm Pesach in the evening. The regular rabbinic prohibition does not apply. But when it comes to all other Karbonos, it is forbidden during the night for an Oinein to eat Karbonos. Now the Nisha goes on to list a couple of people who are considered to be an Oinein Midirabonon even during that day. And therefore, when it comes to the night, they would be able to eat carbonos, and the regular rabbinic decree, which says that the oinin is considered to be an oinin even that night, would not apply. Because the whole fact that he is an oinin is anyway midrabonon. So, for example, Hashemir al-Meso, one who hears about his the death of his relative, but not on the day that he died, so he's obligated to mourn for him, and because of that, he becomes an oinin midrabonon, but it is not the day that he died, and therefore, so he is not an oinin. I'm a lakadle someone who gathers the bones of his relative a while after he died. For example, there was a custom to bury somebody in a temporary grave, and then a while later to move his bones into his permanent grave. So when he does that, Midrabonon, the day that they move the bones to the permanent grave, so that day he is considered to be an only Midrabonon. But when it comes to that night, he'd be able to go to the mikvah and he'd be able to eat Karbonos, because since the whole Aninus is only Midrabonon, it only lasts until the night. Now, ends off the Mishnah, Gershon is Sky of Erev Pesach, somebody who converts to become Jewish on Erev Pesach, and the process of converting includes going to the mikveh, having a bris milah, and accepting upon oneself to keep all of the mitzvahs in the Torah. So he already went to the mikveh on the 14th of Nisan, but shall I say that once he has completed the entire process of converting, he needs to go to the mikveh again, and then he will be able to eat the Korban Pesach that evening on the night of Pesach, because since he was forbidden until now to eat this Korban, because he wasn't Jewish, so as we learned with Rabbanon, in order to become permitted to eat Korbanos, he needs to go to the Mikveh. Now, interestingly, Beis Hillel argue, Beis Hillel and Beis Hillel say, HaPerishman Orla, one who separates from being uncircumcised, meaning one who stops being non-Jewish, and he becomes Jewish, HaPerishman HaKever, we view him as if he separates from a grave, meaning we view him as if he is Tomei from a dead body. Now, a non-Jew cannot become Tomei from a dead body, because all of the laws of Tumor only apply to a Jew. 
So certainly this person is not Tommy from a dead body. However, they still say that we view him, Midrabonon, as somebody who is Tommy from a dead body. And therefore he is now Tommy for seven days, Midrabonon. And the reason for this is because this con- this convert, this Ger, will assume that he is Tommy from a dead body. He doesn't necessarily know that the laws of Tumor only apply to a Jew. So he'll think that since he was in contact with a dead body whilst he was non-Jewish, so he'll assume that he is still Tommy from that dead body. And if we allow him now to bring a Korban Pesach, then he will assume that even somebody who is Tommy from a dead body is permitted to bring a Korban Pesach and eat a Korban Pesach. Which means that the next year, if he is Tommy from a dead body, he will end up still bringing the Korban Pesach based on the assumption which he gained this year that even somebody who is Tommy from a dead body is allowed to eat a Korban Pesach. And so out of that concern, they still say that this year as well, he is forbidden Midrabonon to eat the Korban Pesach.